KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is the Rundown, Philadelphia's local news podcast for Monday, November 1st, 2021. And in a blink of the eye, here we are again. It's almost election day. And as you get ready to head to the polls or send in your ballots, we're going to talk to our experts and find out everything we need to know in the city of Philadelphia. This point in time poll is going to become part of the city charter. It just it's, it's kind of a publicity stunt. The Philadelphia suburbs. I really think that school board and school mitigation efforts are going to drive a lot of voters out. And in the Garden State of New Jersey. If we're going by like Taco Bell packets here, we're not quite on the Diablo <laughs> level, but it got a little spicy there. I don't think these guys are getting together for beers anytime soon. You know what I mean? I'm Jay Scott Smith. And today, The Rundown takes a look at Election Day 2021. We've got ourselves a group hangout happening today. Our South Jersey reporter, Mike Doherty, joins us once again today. We're also joined today by our City Hall Bureau Chief, Pat Loeb. And, of course, we are also joined by our Suburban Bureau Chief, Jim Melward. So it's good to have you three here to get a better understanding from all the angles, big and small, heading into Election Day. And I want to give each of you a headline summing up Election Day. So, Mike, what sums up Election Day in the Garden State of New Jersey? Well, this is a race that's been getting closer and closer by the month. Polls are showing a Murphy lead now, but will Chitterelli have enough momentum to overcome a significant registration advantage by the Democrats? Meanwhile, Pat, what's happening in Philadelphia? Well, the, uh, you know, quote unquote, top of the ticket is the district attorney's race, but there's also the city controller's race and uh, a lot of local judicial races that's separate from the statewide judicial races. This election is really the story of complete Republican Party capitulation. Just I surrender. We're not even running anyone against the Democratic candidates. The city controller is unopposed. Only Democrats are judicial candidates. And there is a Republican candidate for district attorney And it's someone who was a Democrat until very recently, until he decided to run against uh, the incumbent, Larry Krasner. And then we head out to the suburbs with Jim. Jim, what are you looking at out there? It's 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 kind of flipped this year because school boards are going to be the the really contentious races because of mitigation efforts and certain people or some people being upset over those mitigation efforts like masks and and things and and hybrid learning in schools. But most focused for me is the district attorney's race in Bucks County uh, and then also keeping an eye on Delaware County, where for about 40 years, it was five zero Republicans. Then it was three to two Republicans and then it was five zero Democrats. There are two seats up. And so we'll see what happens with that that balance of power. Now, last year's election was amazingly intense. And I doubt it would be possible for this year to come close to matching it. But there is a really high profile race in New Jersey. And Mike, let's start with that governor's race in the Garden State. This race has been pretty heated from the start. Uh, Both candidates are working hard and trying to connect with voters and spending a lot of money on ads. I mean, you can't watch TV and without seeing them 
these days, and they're working to paint their political opponent as a sort of a political extremist on the other side. You have Murphy trying to draw comparisons between Chitterelli and Trump and some white supremacists were at a rally on January 6th and Chitterelli was there. He claims he didn't know they were there. And then on the other side, Chitterelli is trying to paint Murphy as a far left extremist, trying to, you know, he thinks that Murphy wants to endorse late term abortions and he wants to remove parents from equations when you're talking about abortions or when some children are caught with pot or some some booze in public. So this is pretty contentious. And uh, we listened to a debate. By the way, that debate wasn't really watched by too many people, but there was a genuine dislike for one another at times. He has an insatiable appetite for taxes. And the reason is because he believes if taxes are your issue, we're probably not your state. He said that. I hate to let pesky facts get in the way, but do you know why the budget is up, Assemblyman? Because of the mess you left. We put $6.9 billion into the pension system on one day. Okay. You and Chris Christie underfunded public education by $9.2 billion. Okay. Somebody's got to clean up your mess. Okay. Mr. Murphy, um, thank you. I think Sade, we, I, real quick, let me say this. Somebody's got to clean it, up your mess. It's real easy to make a full pension payment when you borrow $4.5 billion you didn't need to. A little spicy if we're going by like Taco Bell packets here. We're not quite on the Diablo <laughs> level, but it got a little spicy there. Uh, obviously, I don't think these guys are getting together for beers anytime soon. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, it doesn't sound like there's they're going to be shaking hands at the end of this. And Mike, I know you also spoke with Chitterelli. How is he making his final push for this? Jay, this week I tried to get both of them for a one-on-one to talk about this race and they can, you know, deliver their message and connect with voters in, in South Jersey by talking about some of the things that we think are important. We talked to Chitterelli about police and vaccines and a range of other things. We're going to support our men and women in blue. Uh, we're not getting rid of qualified immunity. We're not going to civilian review boards. We're not going to put disciplinary cases on the internet. These are professional personnel matters. That's not how you deal with them. And we're going to reform bail reform. So those are the things that should be just as important to cops, to let them go out there and do their job so they can keep our community safe. I'm vaccinated. I promoted my vaccination, and I strongly encourage people to get vaccinated. But do I believe that government has a right to tell people they have to take a vaccine for this virus? I just don't. You tried to reach out to the governor, and you weren't able to get him. You know, I'm not trying to speculate too much here, but I do wonder if they're looking at the polling and seeing Murphy with a lead, depending on where you look, of between six or 10 points, 11 points maybe. And they maybe see like, well, the numbers look pretty good. Let's just kind of ride this out, run out the clock. Jim, we've talked numerous times on this podcast about the issues of masking and the vaccine and everything else. When we relate this to what's going on out in the suburbs with the school board elections, which have become as you've mentioned before, really contentious. You don't normally see school board elections become this contentious, and it sometimes surrounds this pandemic. What are your thoughts on this and how that matters out in the Philly suburbs? Well, like I said, that the tickets kind of flipped this year where normally it would be top of ticket down. But this year, it seems to me, at least what I'm seeing in my part of Montgomery County, people who were irritated or upset by school mitigation efforts like masking and, and, and hybrid learning and those things, are, are very motivated to go out and vote while it doesn't appear that the other side has that motivation to get out the vote. So we'll see on Tuesday. Well, we're talking about Republican candidates. Now we go to a place where there's pretty much a lack of them, and that's back to the city of Philadelphia. Pat, are there any candidates that people are maybe kind of 
fired up about perhaps in the city or is there something there? What is what is the allure of this considering that it seems like a fait accompli in a lot of cases with these races? There's really not anything to especially motivate people to go to the polls and, you know, turnout will probably be low. It's always kind of low in this uh, election cycle. It'll probably be really low this year. I mean, there's only one candidate that even has an opponent, and that is uh, D.A. Larry Krasner. His opponent is Chuck Peruto, the son of a legendary Philadelphia defense lawyer. And he himself is, you know, has carried on the tradition. And he's never been a prosecutor like the man he would like to replace, Larry Krasner. But he feels that that Krasner has taken a really wrong turn. And, uh, and Peruto says that he's running because he thinks he, he wants to fix the city. <laughs> now, you you did speak with Peruto and he did hit on a particular point there, too. I don't think Philadelphia is broken. I know it's broken. Larry, who I voted for in 2017, who I was all for because he was going to clear up and clean up uh, corruption, especially in the police department, really has failed us. He, he, he called the police a bunch of names. We didn't get anything done. When you're the chief law enforcement officer of the city, of the county, you have to work with the police. Credentials are only half the battle. You got to have the, the guts. You got to have a warrior mode to go in and win. Now, Larry, he never really had that warrior mode. He believes that everything should be on the up and up, that we should reach an agreement on everything. He has a lot of faith in humanity. It's misplaced because humanity fails us. That's one interesting way to certainly look at it. And Peruto was largely dismissed, famously on an episode of Flashpoint here on KW News Radio. Krasner pretty much said as much. He really wasn't treating Peruto with any sort of seriousness. Has that changed at all in the run up to this election here? It's maybe been emphasized even more. Um, Krasner refuses to debate Peruto. He's acting like there is no race. Peruto has not raised a great deal of money, but he is going to run some ads. He has a truck driving around different neighborhoods of the city with his sign and a a bullhorn advertising is that that's kind of the level that he's campaigning on. But he's doing a lot of in-person stuff. And he says that the message is getting through. He himself concedes it's, it's an extremely long shot, but one that he wanted to take. As we've talked about the turnout in this election. Now, while Philadelphia, again, not a lot of races are drawing people in. Early in-person voting is happening for the first time in New Jersey. Mike, how are things looking for early in-person voting out there in the Garden State? It's slow to adopt here. Um, I took my dad to vote on Wednesday, and it was there was nobody in there. Not a single person was in there voting. There was no line. There was a row of five poll workers ready to check us in, and they, they were yelling at us to come to them because they were bored. It, so I imagine it's not been a, a flood of voters going through there. But the governor has mentioned that this is something that's not just a this year thing that he wants it to remain and that hopefully people will get more comfortable with it. And it does provide easier access for, for people who are busy. You know, we have jobs and kids and sometimes getting to the polls on election day is tough. And this provides opportunities outside of that window. Even the, the, the Gloucester County Elections Commissioner or Superintendent told me they still want people, if they do have mail-in ballots, to still drop them into the drop boxes, which are located all over the place. They still want you to put them in those drop boxes rather than rely on the mail and whatever might go wrong goes wrong, then your vote's not counted. 
Jim, this Bucks County district attorney's race really seems to be the one that stands out in the suburbs. Give us just an idea of what's happening out here and who are the particulars involved in it. It's it's, it's an interesting race, several uh, different reasons. Some we've touched on already uh, as far as, you know, kind of the party breakdown uh, in the suburbs. But then also uh, the the two who are running in this race where you have the incumbent, uh, Matt Weintraub, who's been DA since uh, he was appointed in 2016. He won the 2017 election. Uh, and then you have someone who used to work for him, a former prosecutor in the DA's office and Antonetta Stanku. So it, it's interesting in the way that the two are, are, are kind of positioning themselves, where, where you have uh, Weintraub saying, you know, I've been doing this for five years. Bucks County is, is one of the safest places to live, despite having Philadelphia to the south and Trenton to the east and you know some, some high crime areas. Uh, Bucks County is still very safe. So if you feel safe and if you like that, you should vote for me. Whereas you have uh, Stanku saying, you know, there are things that need to be done, like mental health is, is one that, that she's bringing up and diversionary programs to keep people out of criminal justice and out, out of the system and, and and out of jail, out of prison, getting them, you know, mental health treatment I- into programs that, that could help. And, and, you know, she even says uh, that her time in the DA's office, she saw that there was not a lot of training on mental health for the prosecutors in in the DA's office. What I want voters to know is that they have a real experienced prosecutor on their hands. Um, Somebody who has been tough but fair throughout my career. Someone who has been uh, decorated and recognized uh, by agencies all over, just not only locally, but nationally as well. And somebody who will really focus on making sure our community's priorities are at the top of my list. And right now that is mental health. You know, Weintraub pointing to the fact that he has pretty much every, or, or does have every major uh, law enforcement uh, endorsement. I think it is very telling to note that I myself have received 100% of the endorsements of every law enforcement entity uh, in Bucks County and across the state of Pennsylvania, and my opponent has received none of those. That's very telling. Hopefully, I will be elected for another four years. That is my desire to continue to do the, the exceptional job that I've been doing. Now, Jim, you also mentioned there are races in Delaware County. Tell us more about what's happening out there. You know, as I mentioned, uh, for 40 years, uh, Republicans had a five to zero, uh, or for about 40 years, had, had a five to zero majority. On, on Delaware County Council. And the two seats that actually broke that that 5-0 stranglehold are up for election. One of the, the guys who won and, and one of the Democrats who was able to break that, uh, Brian Zydek, is not seeking re-election. His running mate, Kevin Madden, is uh, seeking re-election. So it'll be Kevin Madden and Richard Womack uh, on the Democratic side. They're up against Republicans, Frank Agavino and, and Joe Lombardo. So, again, it, it's kind of interesting when you when you look at it was five zero Republicans, three to two Republicans and then five zero Democrats. Do we go back to, you know, three to Democrats to Republicans? And again, it, that's fascinating because every other Montgomery Bucks and uh, Chester counties have mandatory minority rule where you have two from one party and guaranteed one seat from the other. So you don't, you don't see that, you know, that, that five to zero majority in any of the other counties. I know we talk a lot about the races, but there are ballot questions, too. In the city of Philadelphia, the question is, quote, should the city urge the Pennsylvania General Assembly and governor's office to decriminalize, regulate and tax non-medical marijuana for people over 21? Pat, if this is approved, what 
could this yes vote achieve here? Absolutely nothing. This is wholly and fully symbolic. It has no meaning. It's yeah, no, it's like an opinion poll. And it, it's ridiculous because the, the full question is, do you want to change the city charter to reflect this? This, you know, point in time poll is going to become a part of the city charter. It just um, it's, it's kind of a publicity stunt. Jim, since we're on this subject, where does the issue of legalizing marijuana stand in the General Assembly? Is there any chance that this could conceivably happen? Yeah, there, there's a very good chance. Now, I, I I don't know what the time frame will look like exactly, but but you've had some some very conservative and some very law and order Republicans come out in favor of, of legalization, uh, saying that you know that the time has come to to regulate it rather than trying to to fight this this losing battle. Uh, one of the sticking points continues to be, you know, what do you do with people who are in prison for breaking the law, selling marijuana? Uh, you know, the Democrats want those expunged, and you know, so so there's still a little pushback on that, but. I would guess within the next uh, couple of years, you'll see uh, legitimate legislation start to move to to legalize marijuana, recreational use in, in Pennsylvania. It's already happened in New Jersey. Mike, this happened back in February officially. What did it take to get that across the finish line out in the Garden State? It was put on a ballot last year. So it was put on the ballot for the November election and it was a two to one margin. I mean, it was a landslide victory in favor of legalization. Now, what's happened since then has been, well, not very much at all. We're not much closer to having a dispensary opening up anywhere around here. The commission that the governor put together to sort of oversee all of this has released a few rules, but hasn't really moved the ball very far. It's kind of a a snail's pace. There's two parts to this in New Jersey. One part was the decriminalization part. That's done with. So nearly 400,000 records have been expunged already. The police are not allowed to stop somebody for marijuana. You know, if you pull a car over and you smell weed, you really can't really do anything with it. So that part is is taken care of. The the next step now is to get stores opening and for the state to start collecting some revenue off of this. And as other states like Pennsylvania and New York start moving their stuff forward, the shot clock is ticking on New Jersey because you might get people crossing the bridge to come over and make a purchase, but that's not going to be an option for very long. And they, they're missing an opportunity if they let it go too much further. And a lot of this is also rooted in the judicial part of our society. So I guess we should talk about the judicial races. We've definitely seen a lot of those ads, especially recently with two judges in particular that have gotten it. It looks more like an ad that you would normally see for uh, some sort of elected office, state house or U.S. Senate seat, a major seat where they are lobbing some pretty heavy bombs back and forth at each other. So it it is kind of stunning to really see that in one of these races. I just saw three back to back ads, back to back to back on, on the news this morning. It was Kevin Brobson wants to take away your right to vote. Maria McLaughlin wants to open up the jails and let murderers out. <laughs> and then there was uh, McLaughlin's own ad uh, about her, you know, rising from humble beginnings. And so it, 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 yeah, the amount of money going into this race is kind of terrifying, actually. <laughs> I'll jump in here and just just I, I think you see uh, a lot more people now questioning why we elect pre- appellate court judges in Pennsylvania. Uh, you're seeing a ton of ton of money flood into the into these races and this is supposed to be a nonpartisan body all these courts are supposed to be nonpartisan bodies but when you have 
this much money flooding in from from interest groups, it's hard to keep that facade up saying that, it, that they're not partisan groups. Uh, you had a lot of um, very important decisions uh, come down over the past uh, several years, uh, including election related decisions with with mail in ballots and things like that, the, the congressional redistricting. And when you have all this money coming in and, and the way that these elections are handled, it, it opens itself up for criticism that, that there are partisan decisions being made. Now, whether or not those decisions were being made, I'm not saying that they were partisan, but clearly when this is the way you're doing things, you're opening yourself up for those criticisms as far as the races go, I mean, it's hard to know who these people are and what they stand for because they can't really campaign. They can't say much. You can look up bar associations and, and other things like that, but you can't really know much about them as far as how they will handle themselves uh, while on the bench. You can look at their histories and things like that uh, somehow. And I, I don't know what the answer is, whether they're appointed, whether it's it's by some other nonpartisan body. It just seems like there's a better way in Pennsylvania, especially to handle these courts. We're about to wrap this up as we're getting through this election. We might as well start looking at 2022. And is there anything that you'll be keeping an eye on for this coming election on Tuesday that could kind of be an indicator of what we're going to see next year in the midterms? The, with the appellate court races in Pennsylvania are the only statewide races. So the, they'd be the only ones that that might be uh, bellwether for next year. But, you know, judicial races are so distinct and the turnout is so low in this election cycle that I'm not sure we're going to get any clear message about 22 out of the election in Pennsylvania. But New Jersey. Yeah, and, and, and I would just to, to piggyback on, on, on what Pat was saying, I, I think it's interesting when you have a judicial race where people may not know the candidates, you get a kind of a good view of what party voting would look like just from a strict, you know, Republican Democrat breakdown. But again, going back to what I said earlier about how turnout is going to be driven, likely, I really think that school board and, and school mitigation efforts are going to drive a, a lot of voters out. So I would not if there's heavy Republican turnout here, I would I would not read too much into that. Uh, as far as what it might look like in, in Pennsylvania in 2022 because of the current environment. And again, the motivation for people who are uh, mad about those school mitigation efforts generally being uh, more on the right. And Mike, what about you? What do you could possibly see yeah, in New I, Jersey? Well, obviously, the, the big race is the governor's race, and everybody's got their eyes on that one and seeing if it goes Republican in a very, very blue state. Although, New Jersey is a, a unique place in that there are a lot of sort of moderate Republicans here, and it doesn't necessarily have a national impact. But between the New Jersey governor's race and the Virginia governor's race, I think we might get a little bit of a glimpse into 2022 about how sort of that middle undecided voter is going to go. Guys, that was a lot of great information from you. Pat Loeb, Jim Melwert. Mike Doherty, thank you so much for joining us here on today's edition of The Rundown, which is a production of KYW News Radio Original Podcast. The show is produced by Sabrina Boyd Circa and Brian Seltzer. The director of podcasting for KYW News Radio is Tom Rickard. My name is Jay Scott Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at Jay Scott Smith, J A Y S C O, two T's, S M I T H. It's real Jay Scott Smith on Instagram and Facebook. You can hear me every day on KYW News Radio starting at 3 o'clock for Philadelphia's afternoon news. And be sure to follow The Rundown on Twitter at The Rundown PHL. You can find us, of course, on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to thank you for checking out this special Election Day edition of The Rundown.